Just a reminder, our podcast deals with crimes that are often violent and graphic in nature, so listener discretion is advised. So when in doubt, leave the kids out. Now, please let us take you back in time. Hello, everyone. It's old time crime gals. Melissa here with Shannon. And we, yeah, good morning, afternoon. Yes. Didn't mean to cut you off. I was just saying, good to be back. Yes. We took last week off. Kind of didn't mean to, but we had holidays going on and schedule conflicts. It was um, Canada Day Mm -hmm. and July 4th. So it was a big week of um, celebrations and stuff. So now we're ready to get back to regular scheduled uh, programming, should say. And, um, we're in the middle of uh, the start of hurricane season for us in this area. So we have um, Tropical Storm Elsa that's getting ready to head our way. And that reminded me of a story that had to do with hurricane impending and yes. uh, investigation. Yes. So this week we're going to um, talk about Lee Ochi. And so this was um, happened during Hurricane Andrew, which if um, those who remember Hurricane Andrew, it was a Category 5 storm. It was left a devastating path through Florida. It did lots of damage. It was this really big, big storm, and it was making its way to um, Tupelo, Mississippi. And this storm possibly was used to cover a kidnapper's tracks. Wow. that Yeah, that's a good way to cover up things as a storm. Yeah. And I think it happened during... The, after I graduated high school and I was probably clueless to what went on with a hurricane back then. And now, you know, your brain develops and you see how the effects are, especially afterwards. But I, mean, I was, um, uh, yeah, I won't quite that old, but, uh, <laughs> she's a baby. <laughs> but first we're going to do a little of the backstory. So this was a love story between two members of the United States army. You have Donald Ochi and Vicki Felton. They met while they were both serving in California so they get married in 1977, and on August 21st, 1979, Lee Marine Ochi was born in Hawaii. Um, so all military families, they move around from different place to place. Um, so and we appreciate all of our military. Yes. yes. Um, I just think that'd be kind of a fun lifestyle to just experience different cultures. But anyway, um, so unfortunately, the marriage dissolved, and they divorced in 1981. So her dad relocated to Germany after the divorce with the army, and he still kept in touch with Lee, and she eventually went to go visit him there. So they had a good relationship. Okay, so if you hear any kind of screams in the background, we promise no one is getting murdered. We are um, on location at a um, business, so we didn't have time to go to the studio today. So we're going to bring you... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> in the middle of all the action. So we were um, talking about that they divorced and Donald had moved to Germany and Vicki, she eventually moved on to and married Barney Yarborough. Um, but they also separated. Oh man. So we go to the actual day that's in question is Thursday, August 27th, 1992. So Lee had just turned 13. So at this point in her life, you know, her dad is stationed in Virginia. So he had moved around again, and now he's in Virginia. Um, her mother had separated from Barney, so it's okay. just the two of them living in their house. Okay. And they lived at 105 Honey Locust Drive in Tupelo, Mississippi. And Lee, she's she's got a few friends, and she's kind of shy, but she loves to ride horses, and she spends mm. a lot of time riding, and um, she's just a typical teenager. But Vicky has to go to work because it is a Thursday. Um, Lee is still on summer break from school. School doesn't start until Monday. 
And so, um, you know, she has an open house at school that night and her grandparents were going to take her and she was excited about, I was always excited for open house because you yeah. get to meet your teachers for the next year. You get to get your little list of stuff that you have to buy and you find know. your classes in case, you know, and this is middle school and she's going to be a teenager. So yes. kind of, kind of an find exciting time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're talking about lockers. I remember getting my lock and having to learn. You turn to the right, to the left. <laughs> Sounds like a dance. We ought to do a lock. But you dance. always had to go uh, with the middle number. You had to pass it. Yes. And then go, and then go, and then go to the right. Yeah, yeah. a little hard. I mean, I still struggle. I never with really locks. kept anything in my locker. I just carried around. I was one of those kids who just carried around every single textbook. I had uh, in my book bag. That's why kids have problems now. Well, I spent time in between classes, like hanging out with people in the hallways and chit-chatting and like I didn't I didn't gotcha. I didn't factor in time to go to my locker gotcha. so yeah I think I went through several backpacks because the books are heavy well now everybody carries little Chromebooks or whatever and everything's digital so they have a lighter load now True. nowadays um but she was excited for her and, open house and their brains are lighter they don't yes. know as much. sorry <laughs> okay <laughs> so she was in high school getting ready for open house with grandma. middle school middle school yes um, so her grandmother was going to pick her up and take her to open house and her mom had to work, but since it was just going to be a few hours in between and her mom actually worked a mile and a half away from the house, like very close. Oh, wow. Um, so she decided to give her a little independence and responsibility and decided she could stay home by herself okay. for like the first time ever. She had never stayed home by herself and she promised like, yeah, I'm going to get up and I'm going to get ready and I'll be ready when grandma gets here. And you know, that was that. Huh. So See, back then I stayed home by myself. Like that age. For, well, I did, I did it was too. Just safe and when I got home after school, yeah. I would, you know, latchkey kit had a key yeah. to the house, and it would be me and my sister. But um, she's thirteen, so she's staying at home by herself. Um, so she was excited. She was still in her nightgown. She hadn't got dressed. So her mom leaves for work. Um, but it's also important to remember how the weather is. So Lee is afraid of storms. Ooh, I, yes, I was too. And so you got on this morning, Hurricane Andrew. You know, now it's downgraded to a tropical storm. And it's great news in terms of damage, but you still have rain and winds that can produce tornadoes. Ooh. And it's still a, a scary a scary thing for people who are afraid of storms. Yes. Um, I don't like to be home by myself in storms. Uh, now, as an yeah. adult. <laughs> I don't like the lightning and the thunder being so loud and just lightning coming down and striking. And well, it makes me think of Twister, the movie. Uh, great movie, gotcha. but then I'm like. When is this tornado going to come? Got it. Um, so it makes me nervous. That's even why now. I don't let my children watch movies like that. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I like that one. It's a good movie, but during, during storms, it's not something you want to be pulled in the back of your back of your brain. Um, so the timeline of this case is very important. So Vicky leaves for work around seven fifty. Sometimes it says eight, so just around seven fifty, eight o'clock. I would imagine she'd have to be at work by eight if she yeah. lives a mile and a half away. So probably seven fifty is is the best. Best case scenario. And so soon after she gets at work, she hears about some tornado warnings that have been issued. And so knowing that Lee's afraid of storms, she wanted to call and kind of see how she was doing. And so this is like less than 30 minutes she's been at work. She's already calling the house. And so she calls the house, lets the phone ring twice and hangs up and then immediately calls back. Now, she did that on purpose because this is their little code that they yes. have because we're 1992. You don't have caller ID. You don't have cell phones. She can't send a text. Right. So this was her way to let Lee know that it's mom calling, pick up the phone and talk to me. Mm -hmm. um, but she gets worried because she doesn't pick up. So she tries calling again and she doesn't pick up. And so she decides that she needs to leave. So this is shortly after she gets to work and she calls. 
can't get her, decides to head home, which is only a mile and a half away. Which, same thing I would have done probably. I probably mm-hmm. would have never left her alone in the first place. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Well, especially now. Well, she gets home, so just a mile and a half away. And she immediately starts to panic before she even pulls in the driveway. Huh. Because her garage door is open. Oh. Okay. And it wasn't one of those, oh, maybe did I forget to close it before I left kind of things. Because the light on the motor is still on. Okay. And that only stays on for like five minutes after you open the door. Then it just goes off. Okay. So the door had just been open, like wow. within less than five minutes. And so she runs and the doors to the house is unlocked. Okay. So then now it's not, no, I didn't just leave the door open. Now was, you know, she, obviously unlocked. something has happened. And so she's running through the house and she's, you know, screaming Lee's name and she's looking for her and she can't find her. And then um, it really starts to panic when she sees blood oh no so she sees blood smeared like on door frames on the walls on the floor in the hallway that leads up to lee's room and this has only been like 35 minutes at the most yes wow and so there's like blood on the door frame and then she sees like she called her favorite well there's a blanket crumbled up on the floor and so then she realizes that she has to call 911 but she calls 911 at nine o'clock okay so she's got a very tight window, leaves at 7.50, gets to work maybe around 8, within 30 minutes, calls home, goes back home, searches the house, and calls 911 by 9 a.m. Okay. And so police go straight to the house, and then once they get there, they realize it's not a runaway case. Because, you know, teenagers, the they, they run away. Obviously, something had happened. So then they call a detective out to the scene. And I think he was actually in the middle of teaching a fingerprinting class or something. And they pulled him out of it like, no, you need to come right now. And so they get there. And his name was um, Bart Aguirre. So he's called in to inspect the house. And he immediately notices, you know, blood. There's hair stuck to the door frame of her room. Like pools of blood on the floor that are still wet. They haven't like congealed yet and gotten dried up. So they're really fresh. Um, he estimates that they've only been there for like 15 minutes. Oh, wow. So now your time frame gets even tighter. Like yes. something had just happened. Um, and there's no sign of her anywhere. But he also noticed that the house is not torn up. There's no sign of forced entry. Everything looks neat and orderly. And then it's also alarming that, you know, Vicky points out to the detective that the nightgown she was wearing is like neatly folded in the laundry basket, just like it was supposed to be just washed with the laundry, but it has blood all over it. Oh, wow. (laughs) And so, and then they notice in the master bathroom, there's like light pink on the counter. Like someone had tried to clean up something. Okay. Um, Again, again, so how you have time to clean up this crime scene within the short 10, 15 minutes that stuff was supposed to happen. So now Um, I have a question. Had grandma, Cause I mean, Grandma what time was, was she supposed to come again? I don't know what time the open house was, but she hasn't gotten there yet. Okay, there yet at okay. all. Um, but some things were missing in her room, like it was noticed that an outfit was missing, um, her shoes were missing, a sleeping bag was missing, hmm. and then her reading glasses were missing. Okay. So kind of like meant to give the impression i think that she was packing packing up to go somewhere but then all the I, the blood yeah, doesn't the make blood, any no, sense definitely. and then so it's this really weird weird crime scene that just doesn't the pieces just don't fit together um so almost immediately they bring the bloodhounds out to help track her down they're searching the area around however you've got the wind and the rain they're just so bad coming in that the jobs 
the the yes. can't be done. The dogs yeah. can't pick up any scent whatsoever. Wow. Either that there's no scent to pick up, or they just can't because it's just the, weather. the weather's bad. Mm-hmm. It's so bad that they can't even send helicopters up. Wow. So they they can't do their job like a normal investigation would. So the um, hurricane tropical storm had um, prevented them from doing that. And so they do send the blood off. They send it to get testing, and it came, comes back that it's all from one. It's all one blood type. Okay. Because they don't have the DNA is not um, like it is now. It's not sufficient enough to break it down any further than it's just one blood type, same person. Okay. And which was her blood type. And so then the, you know the neighborhood is canvassed for witnesses, but everyone was so preoccupied with boarding windows up or getting their own hurricane, you know, preparedness kits ready and worried about the storm coming that they didn't really notice if any strange vehicles were around, if anybody was walking around, like that just wasn't on their mind. They were worried about keep my stuff safe from the storm. So by September 4th, you know, Lee's dad, Donald makes it down from Virginia to help look for his daughter. You know, he had to wait till his leave was granted from the army. And he also, he didn't have the full story. Oh, okay. He was told that she just ran away. Okay. He, there was no mention of blood. There was no mention of, like, anything else surrounding oh. it. So, he wasn't really in a hurry, per se, he didn't know to I... come rush down because he didn't think anything. He didn't have all the details. That had happened. Oh, wow. And so, that was kind of a miscommunication, either on purpose or... Just something had broken down. He wasn't told the full story. Mm -hmm. Um, So by now, you know, the story's all over the news. Volunteers are out every day. You've got the helicopters up. You've got people on horseback. People, I think they searched 80 acres around the house. They just could find no trace of anything. Mm -hmm. Um, The FBI had gotten involved. You know, it was all hands on deck to bring Lee home. But then they catch a break. So a college student calls the police to report that he saw Lee in a truck in a drive-thru at McDonald's because hmm. he's in a McDonald's employee and he thought he notices her in a truck. Okay. But this is in Boonville and Boonville is about 30 miles away. So the investigators head that way because they have to follow up on every lead they get and they find the girl, but it wasn't Lee. It was like someone who looked very similar to her. Uh, okay. It was just a case of mistaken identity. Yes. And so, you know, that leads a dead end and it's not something that you know, gets blasted to the public right. knowledge because you don't know about all the leads that they take in and follow. Um, but that's important because what happens next is odd. And then, I mean, you just hear about leads and then, like you said, there could be hundreds of them. Yeah, and uh, they oftentimes they set up you know, tip lines and someone's full-time managing those lines. And for every thousand tips that come in, maybe 10 might be, you know, creditable or, or really worth checking out, but they have to check out all of them because you don't know which, which 10. Well, so. the other side thing is people do it just because they have a sick mind and they just want to be involved yeah. in something, you know, outside themselves, put themselves out there or make money. It's yeah. always a, an ulterior motive. Okay. So that what happens then? Okay. Next? So on September 9th, Vicky calls police because she gets a package in the mail. Oh. So this is an envelope. It's addressed to B. Yarborough. Now, that's Barney Yarborough, who was Lee's stepdad. But they had separated, and he was no longer living at the house. Okay. But it was addressed to him, and the address of the house was misspelled. And, you know, he didn't live there. He hadn't lived there in over a month. So why would he be getting a package? Right. And so it was addressed to him. And they had misspelled um, honey. They put H O N Y instead of H O N E Y. Okay. And inside the package were Lee's reading glasses that were missing. 
So she opened it because I was, think well I think she called police okay. first because they wanted to have anything that came in. Yes, it was postmarked and it had his reading her reading. Glasses. It had a reading, but no note, no ransom letter, no like we have her, no yeah. just the glasses. Wow. And it wasn't someone who's like, oh, found them and saw her on her. There was no glasses on her missing yeah. person. She wrote them when she read. She didn't read, like wear them all the time. Right. And is odd. it was postmarked from Boonville, which is where, where she is supposed her. to be seen. And okay. all of the stamps, there were like six stamps. The envelope seal was moistened with water. So no one licked the stamps to put it on there. No one, there was no fingerprints. There was no DNA. There was nothing. Huh. And so where did the package come from? Exactly. It's just weird. And I, well, we may get to this. I'm not sure, but the house seemed messy. Like whoever was in there, there would have been some fingerprints or something even then. So I don't know. Are we going to talk about that? The fingerprints in the house or anything? Well, there were no fingerprints in the house. Even with all the messy. Well, it wasn't. Me the messy was the blood. So, okay. But, like, everything else was okay. pristine. Okay. Gotcha. And there was no, like, nothing knocked over, nothing grabbed off the wall, nothing, like, no struggle happened. Wow. It was just something yeah. horrible happened. Okay. I and didn't know if with the, when they tried to wipe up something, maybe if they got. I, th well, hope, I think I was they hoping. were careful. I was hoping. Okay. But they so were quick. They were quick. They were quick and they were. Careful. Careful, but then not careful enough to still leave the the pink smudge on yeah, the, the master. Yeah, that's bathroom. what I was wondering. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, police so it came from Boonville. Her yes. glasses. Police, you know, thinking that's like kind of odd because if it was a kidnapping, like where's your money. we want money or here or any kind of note or anything. And why? Yeah, why and, return the? But glasses? Vicky was like, "Oh, I have glasses. She's out there somewhere." So she takes it as she's alive somewhere. Small ray of hope. Um. Which I mean, any yes. I think anybody probably would, um, but she takes it as a sign that she's still alive, and so it, then it goes cold again. So you got three weeks into the investigation, the house is sealed off, and a forensic expert was called in to examine everything. Which is good that they're doing that, but this is three weeks. Yeah, so I know. So Vicky had been living there. She'd been allowed to walk. The people have been allowed to trample through, like Grandma, or whoever, which is fine. If, right, if, it wasn't sealed off. Right, and, and Donald, who brought that up in, a, in an interview, was like, the re, he brought that up as why wasn't it a crime scene lockdown per se, and they told him, well, we couldn't just kick her out of her house. And he came back, well, she could go stay with her mom. Like, yes. they'd like, get out of the house and, and figure out what had happened. Exactly. But this is three weeks later, so they seal it off. And then um, the results of that investigation, they're not made public. So we don't know what they found, what they didn't find. If they were, okay. we don't know. Okay, gotcha. But they did seal it off. They brought in like this Mike West. He's a well-known expert. They bring him in to check everything out. Um, so now they just start with victimology. So you take the victim and you work your way out. You always start with the closest person because that's how everything works. So they start with her mom, her dad. Barney. I was going to say step down. Yep. So all of them are given polygraph tests. Um, Donald passes. Barney passes. Okay. Vicky, however, doesn't. Oh, wow. But she comes back. You know, she's stressed. Yes. I'm, I just, I'm freaking out. I would be. It, yes. I mean, so it's kind of, they're not concrete. We know we can't use them in court. It's not an absolute. You can fail a polygraph and still be innocent. Right. So she fails the first one. Oh, wow. Poor thing. She fails the second one. 
she fails the third one. Oh my word. The first one was done by local local police. The second one was done by the FBI. And the third one was done by another administrator in the FBI. So you fought you fell one, you fell two, you fell three. Yeah. So something something's yeah. going on there. She's never declared a suspect. She's declared a person of interest. Wow. Which is kind of saying like you might be, but we can't we don't want to call you that. Because but, you're mom. And- yeah. So in 2017, she's still considered a person of interest. Um, but there's also talk around the town and interviews with friends and neighbors and teachers that don't put her in a good light. Oh, wow. So, um, mom, not in a good light. Mm-mm. Okay. And so, you talk to Donald, and he has a lot to say. That's her first husband. But that's the ex-husband who lives far away, who has a lot of animosity toward her to sure. begin with. Right. So, he's not going to be, she was the best person ever. Right. He's already like, I have a feeling she's done something She's not a good person and just okay. Lays, okay. Up, lays it out there. But again, he's a lot of, there's a lot of emotions behind that. Right. So you don't really know. You can't separate. You can't take him at 100% true. Right. Because um, he does have a bunch of feelings. I, yes. Because the divorce was messy and just so, so much animosity. But neighbors in the town are starting to talk too. So police, you've got it coming from both ends. Well, maybe something might be going on here. So then they decide to take a deeper look at Vicky. So, some of the teachers had reported things like Lee showing up to school with bruises and black eyes. Okay. Which she always said she got kicked in the face by a horse. Because she liked to ride horses. She likes to ride horses, and I've fallen off of them before. I've gotten bruised up. I I haven't been kicked, but if you've been kicked by, you reek, like, your skull is usually, like, fractured. There's more damage than a black eye and some bruises. Um, but that happened more than once. And her response was always she got kicked in, kicked by a horse. Wow. And if you ride a lot, I mean, that's kind of rare. Yes. Because you have to either provoke that or ride I a wild horse. I was going to say get a different <laughs> horse. I mean, my so, daughter. Well, that's the other thing about mom. If your daughter is getting constantly kicked by a horse. Don't let them ride a horse Exactly. <laughs> I would not let her continue with at least that horse. Yeah, something's off about that. So, I mean, I mean, I rode horses growing up, and I took lessons. I've fallen off. But um, if that had ever happened to me, I think my mom would be like, no, we're just not going to do that anymore. Yes, yes. <laughs> Pick a different hobby. That's right. <laughs> but um, so other people commented about her, like um, her mom was excessively strict. Um, neighbors mentioned that she was afraid of her mother. She gotten locked out of her house one time as punishment. Like, she's wow. only 13. Like, you locked out of your house. So, how about any, did she ever have friends over that spent the night that she could, Mm-mm. that could talk towards, okay. Well, so that's kind of different too. Well, she friends. did visit. Especially in the 90s. Well, she did visit like a day summer camp. Uh-huh. And um, when it was time to return home, she had such a panic attack about going back home that counselors were brought in to calm her down. Oh, wow. And There was something going on. There. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not sunshine and rainbows. Not Anytime typical. you have a kid who, we talked about this the other day, like, is kicking and screaming and fighting and does not want to go somewhere, there's a reason they yes. don't want to go somewhere. And especially home, because your kids usually, unless they're a toddler and they're just having fun and getting candy and stuff, they might give you a hard time. I don't want to leave the gym or I don't want to leave the park. But a teenager or even a child in elementary school, to not want to go home, something's going on. Mm -hmm. Because most of the time, I mean, my children are ready to get home after things, especially if they've been gone for a while. (laughs) 
But so Vicky herself, like I said, has never been officially named a suspect. She's just a person of interest. Um, but the timeline is just so super tight. And, you know, Vicky, she'd been away from the house for at the most an hour. And you got Detective Bart that the blood was still wet. You know, it hadn't started to um, congeal. So it had only been there for like 15 minutes. So now... Is there proof that she had gone to work? Were there people that... She went to work. But okay. again, work was only a mile and a half away. Yes. And could people... Could she leave or... I mean, what type of work did we say? Don't know. Don't okay. know the business. But so, you know, and her story changed. That's Her story changed a few times. Uh-huh. Like one time she would say she got home and she called 911 right away. Then it was she looked around and looked in her shed out back and then called 911. Then one time it was said she called her mom first before she called 911. So... Yeah, she can't get her story straight, which is another one of the probably why she failed the polygraph. Yes. And just couldn't couldn't get her story straight. And there was no one to to even say Lee was alive when she left for work because it was just the two of them. Well, that's so who's not to say Lee was already dead when she showed up at work and then ran back home really quick. That's true. Yeah, because you just don't know. Yeah. Now, especially talking out, talking it out, it sounds fishy. But, so now, there's there's several theories that are going on, but Vicky thinks she knows who did it. So, we'll get to that in a second. Of course she does. Okay, so, Vicky had her own theory. Okay. But, so does Donald. Okay. Remember the ex-husband? Yes. So, he thinks that something happened, Vicky lost her temper, got mad at, at Lee, and it turned bad, and then she tried to cover her tracks. Mm. So, in an interview, he talked about how much of a neat freak she was. Okay. That she liked everything clean and orderly and... Probably a little OCD if yes. that had been a diagnosis. Um, so, you know, the bloody nightgown that was just nice and neat on the laundry basket, and the oh. counter had been tried to clean up, and the house had been neat and orderly... Well, who's going to break into a house and only has 15 minutes but puts a nightgown back yeah, in the laundry basket? And so I can kind of see his point, and it's just, I, I don't know. I don't know what to think. Yes. I don't know whether whether she did it or not. But Vicky has her own theory. So she points the finger at a person in town known as Mike. His real name is Oscar. He's a um, local, like, he had run for some politician, um, like governor or something people knew who he was he was friendly he was active in the church he uh-huh. also kept horses at the same stable that lee Ooh. rode at okay and so um she starts to notice after lee went missing his behavior changes a little bit and he like wouldn't look her in the eye and he would be really like dodgy and then he also came to the house and gave her a picture of lee which why would this person have a picture. Yes. And was like, it, was it one he just took randomly right. and she doesn't know about it? Like, here, thought you might want to have this as, like, a last picture of your, you know, your daughter. It's, it's kind of That sounds funny. creepy, yeah. Um, and he had never been to the house before. So, he shows up to to give her, give her a picture. Yeah. And he just was really weird. So, she's like, I think it's that dude, like, <laughs> pointing fingers. Like, it's got to be that guy. Which is crazy that nine months after Lee went missing, Oscar kidnaps a ninth grader and that he met at church and takes her to Tennessee and he rapes her and she gets away. 
Oh, wow. But he also showed up to her house early in the morning when she was by herself, knocks on the door, and and asked to take her to school. Okay. So, no forced entry. Yeah. She knew who he was, knew him from church, knew him from the horse stable, willingly went along, and this happens. Hmm. And so, he gets arrested for that, and she's like, "Mm -hmm, mm-hmm, see, I told you, I told you that guy had something to do with it. So he gets in trouble for that, and he gets sentenced for eight sentenced to eight years, but only serves four, and they let him out. Like oh, we wow. we hear all the time. So he gets released in 1997. Okay, but in 1999 he kidnaps a couple and does the same thing. Oh. So he sounds like a decent suspect for yes, his appearance. He does. He's in the area. He's done that before. It's similar. Um, police they try to get him to cooperate. You know he's in jail and he. He seems like he wants to help when he says, hey, I'll take a polygraph if my lawyer says it's a good thing to do. Which the lawyer says, no, that's not a good thing to do. You don't do that. So then he doesn't. So it made it seem like, yes, I'll do it. I'll help. But But, no, my lawyer says I can't. Yes. Um, So they never officially stated that the cases were connected and he isn't linked to her in any way. But to me, that's a very good solid. Yes. Could could be. That's true. Could have been. So I it's still open. Nobody knows what really happened. Wow. And then when you have, I hate when you have these different possibilities and it makes your mind go. Because she really could, she could have. She was the only one there. Yes. That's true. But then if you go with Donald's theory that it could have been done the night before, why was the blood still wet? True. Yeah. Or she's such an organized person that she saved it for later and then staged it that morning. Why wouldn't she have cleaned up everything and made it look like she ran away? If she was that OCD about cleaning and putting the nightgown in the, she could have washed it. I mean, she could have. But where did the glasses come from? The only person who knew that she may have been spotted in there was probably Vicky and the family who were looking for her. True. Because the cops probably said, "Hey, we got this lead. We're going to go check it out." That's true. So she could some random stranger wouldn't have been like, "Ooh, the glasses have to come from Boonville because that's where we said she was from." Well, that's true. That is weird. You said Boonville was about an hour away, about thirty minutes. Okay, that is kind of odd. And she has crazy. Yeah, it is. Those are the ones that just make you scratch scratch your head. I I don't. Yeah, it leaves you frustrated too because the body's never been found. Mm. And there's no closure. And, you know, I can't imagine being the family and having no closure. Um, it just sounds, yeah, too many things that you can't. Too many, kind of, you can't Your answer. mind can go in so many ways yeah. and directions. And it would be neat if there was any kind of DNA now to. Well, see, even somehow. if they preserved it, I think the only de- the only thing they have were, was her blood. Yeah. Cause so now the question is, was it enough blood to say, this person's not here anymore. Yeah. But then I, I think after, what is it, seven or, I, I'm not I'm sure not the sure. year wise, but you can have someone declared dead if they haven't shown up in oh, a certain seven, amount of time. Seven, seven years. Seven but years. it's still an active case. So yes. no one's, no one's claimed that. Yes. But then again, if it was Vicki and she was the one who did, why would you claim, claim that? Right. So That's she right. still has that hope that is out there that she's still there. That's true. So I, it is I definitely, uh, and especially with the hurricane coming, things could have been lost because it wasn't, Declared a crime scene, so she mm-hmm. was able to continue to live there. And then three weeks later, yeah. So she's had almost a month for yes. her to to clean to up, to get rid of everything. And do, yeah, and because of the hurricane. So did you? I'm trying to remember. Did you say that the hurricane caused major damage in that area that year? No, well, on its way more, to there. Okay. I don't know what it did once it got there, okay. but um, I didn't know if that had any bearing on 
the three weeks and stuff. Well, there but. was um there was a skull that was found, and um they actually made the announcement that it was it was her. Oh wow! And okay. so then they they thought it was you know finally going to bring Somebody closure found. and do things. But then they retracted their statement and said that um, after further dental analysis and stuff like that, it wasn't her. Okay. Um, so I didn't really put that in the, the article that we were going to read. But so there was a little bit of like, oh, this is it. But it's not. So they said it was. And then they said it wasn't. Right. Um, it's definitely nice that we have technology and we've come forward enough to be able to find um, criminals based on all of that DNA and what's left behind. And I mean, it wouldn't make sense now to not keep anything since we can find out yeah. more things, but, um, but definitely kind of breaks my heart for Vicky. Makes me sad um, that she had, that this happened to her. And now, and that was before any internet. So guys, if you're a parent, now I don't know when the internet, when did the internet become a thing? It wasn't in the nineties. Cause I graduated <laughs> high school and I can tell you that cause I can't work any of it. <laughs> I'm that old, but I uh, mean, I grew up with like you know AOL dial-up. Like no I one could use the phone, but I know I don't remember like what year I think it was. that was when I think it was probably close to ninety-five, six, seven, two thousand. I was still uh, I was less than ten when. This Let me just put it this way: I have a college degree, <laughs> and it was after I got out of college because I did not get to look up anything. Couldn't Google. Couldn't Google it. I had to go to the library. And look up things. And I do flip remember pages. that. It's so, like the the um the index cards and the, the that was called the Dewey Decimal. Decimal. System. That's what I wanted to say, but I didn't want to and be wrong. Microfilm. <laughs> Microfish. Yeah. Microfish film. Whatever. And yes. little archives and dig up stuff. Yes. So that was a different day. So you guys out there that didn't have to experience <laughs> that, you get you're getting grades a whole lot easier than I did. <laughs> but we um. We appreciate you listening. Yep, and so, just keep your children safe. That's yes. my biggest thing is especially having children around this age is keep them safe. You know, do do what you got to do to keep them safe, even if it makes them mad because kids are being they're being picked up and taken and it's happening all on the phones and the Internet. And we can we can put a stop to that. We just have to parent and make sure we're in control of what they're seeing and and guarding that. So I, things that I could have. I couldn't get to things because they were hidden and in the back of stores and you had to be a certain age. Now it's <laughs> on the phone. So anyway, yep. we appreciate you joining us this week. Yeah, most of the information for this case came from an article on medium.com by Jen Baxter. There's also a crime junkie episode that um, covered this case. But today the case is still open. So Lee Marine Ochi has been missing since August 27th, 1992. So when she disappeared, she was 13 years old. Four foot, ten inches, and weighed around 95 pounds. She had light blonde hair, blue-green eyes, and she had a strawberry birthmark on the back of her neck. So, he had piercing in each ear once, and she wore glasses just for reading. But, we know, they turned up. Mm -hmm. But she may still have to, you know, wear yes. reading glasses. Um, but if you have any information about Lee's case, please call the Columbus Police Department at 614-645-4545, and you may stay anonymous. So until next week, just remember, you do the crime and it'll catch up with you in time. And we'll talk about it.